Well, it looks like it's a trick question, <laughs> like uh, what comes first, a chicken or an egg? Um, <laughs> what comes first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> <laughs> DigitalMarketingRadio.com, the big interview with David Bain. How do you ensure that your website is as user-friendly as possible? Is it best to focus on multiple digital marketing activities at the same time, or is it sometimes better to focus on just the one single activity? And what are the most effective digital marketing activities at the moment? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask my special guest today, Liana Solomon. Liana, welcome to DMR. Thank you very much. Hello, everybody. Hello. Um, well, I'll say hello on everyone's behalf. <laughs> so, Liana designs tactical steps to optimize websites, digital content, and search marketing um, with one goal in mind, revenue. Her expertise is in SEO, PPC, analytics, and usability. So, Liana, what comes first, SEO or website design? Well, it looks like it's a trick question, like... Uh, <laughs> What comes first, a chicken or an egg? Um, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important to have both um, SEO and uh, um, usability in mind when you design a website. So the design should be pleasing to the people who come to your site. It needs to meet their expectations. And as well um, as if you're paying attention to SEO, SEO should be... Uh, helpful for users as well as search engines to identify what your website is about and help everybody to um, read your content and uh, consume what you have um, available. Right, okay. I mean, I mean, I simply ask that question because um, I get frustrated myself when I deal with website designers or I, I, I get asked to, to help to optimize websites that um, have been designed already and designed in a horrific manner with, with no SEO thinking in mind at all. And of course, you know, SEO really is never really finished and uh, probably good website design can evolve over time as well. And the important thing is just as you say, just to be aware of um, one um, uh, one another activity um, as you progress through the design phases. How do you ensure that your website, though, is as user-friendly as possible and you can really maximize whatever conversion rate goals that you have set up? I think that you need to understand what the visitors are looking for. Um, when they come to your website, they have a mission, and you need to help them complete that mission. At the same time, help them complete your mission as well. You have to have calls to action. You have to help clear visitor paths that they have to go through. And that's where design and usability help a lot. Okay, so visitor paths. So does that mean that it's most effective if you only have one call to action within each page um, to get your visitor more likely to do whatever you want them to do? Not necessarily, because people are different. They consume content differently. So you can have multiple calls to action, but the most important one needs to be first. And my suggestion is test every page that you expect to convert your visitors. Mm. T t testing is absolutely paramount and um, you can do that obviously by looking at your own stats through a tool like Google Analytics 
Um, but also, I suppose, split testing as well. Um, do, do you advocate any particular type of software um, to do split testing or um, any other testing activities? One of the most popular ones is um, Unbounce. They um, provide a really easy-to-use tool to test. I'm also a big fan of usertesting.com that uh, have really, uh, like, real world people looking at your website and going through the steps that you ask them to go through to evaluate how effective your website is. And they also have a mobile version that they would test your app or mobile application as well. So that would allow you to understand how people are using your website, what the confusion is, and eliminate um, all the roadblocks to your conversions. Okay, that's quite interesting. So do you have to come up with questions beforehand for this usability test or is this just a service that this company will provide for you? User testing has um, templates and um, questions that you might utilize but usually you know what people are supposed to do. When designing a web page you always need to answer three questions um, as a user. Where am I? What am I supposed to do here? And why should I do it? So the first question, where am I, is your branding. The second one is your call to action. And the third one is your unique sales proposition. So when the page is correctly structured, then when user comes to it and you use, like, for example, user testing, um, people would go through those steps and click on the pages that you want. They would evaluate how clear the information is. If there's any anxiety, for example, they can't find what they're looking for or they get confused by your search. Right, okay. And um, do you have the same users um, viewing your site on multiple different types of devices? Um, or um, is usability testing generally just done on uh, desktop computers? It depends on your website. If you're testing for desktop computer website, then you can specify that, for example, with usertesting.com, that you want it for the desktop user, and that's what they would use. You can also specify um, what type of people you would want to test your site. For example, I was um, doing user testing for a site that um, had winter skiing lodges and so I requested people who ski with families and they were the ones who tried to go through um, the website and book say um, an accommodations um, for upcoming skiing season. Okay um, so, so that's um, a really useful tool to obviously use. Um, so is that the kind of service that you would recommend any website to use? Absolutely, because people can tell you what they think they would do, but watching people getting confused, clicking on your website mm. is really very telling. Wow, um, that's a great tip there, and I might use that um, in the future myself as well at some point. Um, so that's um, talking about users on your website yourself. Um, what about driving traffic to your site? Um, is it best generally just to be focusing on one type of digital marketing activity and trying to perfect that? Or should you be focusing on multiple different streams of traffic, um, multiple different types of digital advertising to drive traffic to your site? It's never one channel anymore. People are everywhere. So my suggestion is first to figure out where your customers are. 
a lot of people are asking, should I be on social media? Which one? What am I going to do there? So understand where your customers are and what they do there. So then you would be able to figure out whether to invest in SEO and paid traffic in social media and which channels exactly. Okay, and what are the trends at the moment in terms of the channels that you see uh, being most popular and possibly most effective at the moment? I think that it's very important for every company to invest in SEO. It's a very long-term strategy that would pay off six months, a year from now. If you need immediate traffic, if you're a brand new site or is trying to make a name in a specific niche, then paid search is also a good option. However, be aware that as soon as you stop paying, the traffic will go away. So that's why SEO is more long-term. Social media goes hand-in-hand now with uh, websites and um, um, traffic to the website. It's not direct uh, traffic to the website, but more of a promoting your business authority. And by social media, I not only mean Twitter and Facebook, it's usually also Google Plus and sometimes um, bookmarking um, like Reddit or or Delicious, for example. There are many, many social media um, channels that you can utilize, but you need to know where your customers are. Okay, and one of the, the, the first things you mentioned there was SEO um, and then pay-per-click after that. Um, and pay-per-click can, of course, be very expensive, but um, it's something that... Um, business owners can immediately understand the ROI from that. You know, you can see, um, you can pick a keyword phrase that's likely to be a buying keyword phrase and hopefully get a, a sale directly from that and then be able to say, well, the ad converted at this percentage, so it is worthwhile spending on PPC. Um, SEO is more of a challenge and certainly it's a challenge sometimes to justify to business owners um, who aren't that experienced with digital marketing and, and see SEO just as a, as a black box and uh, impossible to understand and, and correlate what you put in with what you get out of it. How, how do you actually drive justifiable revenue from SEO or, or measurable revenue from SEO? So I usually um, compare PPC to SEO in one way. PPC is math, SEO is art. So when you go into an art gallery, how do you, you know, evaluate paintings, for example? How do you estimate value? Same to some extent to SEO. You create something that you're customers want. You can look at the traffic and people say it's free traffic. It's really not free. You put a lot of effort and understanding of uh, how you can be useful to your clients and prospective clients. So when you talk about measuring uh, SEO and effectiveness, first of all, look at how many new clients and new visitors come in and which one of them convert and actually impact your revenue. Which ones are um, maybe becoming um, an advocate for your business? Which customers are joining your email distribution or any kind of other channels that you're using to communicate with the customer? So the more reach you have, the better and stronger your brand will be. 
And of course, relating back to the usability of a website as well, as we discussed earlier, um, if your website is fantastic to use, people are more likely to enjoy it, spend longer on it, explore more pages on it, which will send more positive signals back to Google and that'll help your SEO in the long term as well. That is correct. And people will stay on your website as long as it's useful. They will not stay on the website, even if it's perfect in terms of usability, but provides no value to them. Okay. So, so in, ter in terms of that value, you were possibly just going to mention it then, but what, what would you recommend in terms of content on your website? It depends on your business, obviously. For example, if you're producing software, then show people how to use it. Show them how to start with it, how easy it is to sign up or install it on their computer. Um, some of my clients would um, create videos of new hires installing the software on their website and showing um, how to how they go through maybe hard times, for example, um, using the software. So the more re uh, relevant you are to how people are relating to your company and how they're using your products, the more um, relationship you develop with them and more valuable you are to your customers. Oh, that's, that's really good advice there. So um, make sure you answer every single question you could imagine that your customers might think about your business and, and turn those questions into answers in the form of either articles in your site or or videos in your site as well and, and potentially images as well and that gives Google a lot more to crawl and understand what your site's about and then ultimately rank your site as being more authoritative about your selected chosen specialist subject. Absolutely. And don't forget to entertain them. Nobody likes a <laughs> boring video or a dull um, informational broadcast. So you have to create a story. You have to be valuable and entertaining. So have a bit of personality to that as well. Um, so um, do you advocate um, senior players within a business um, being regular content writers for that business? Absolutely, if they're willing and if they have authority. I don't think that it's as important to have a senior person writing something. I think it's more important to provide valuable information that um, your customers would like. Okay. And is it also necessary, do you think, um, to be publishing consistently? Because you might have published a lot of content to begin with, perhaps, you know, 50 web pages containing all the answers that you can possibly think of of your products and services. Um, is it necessary after that to be keeping on publishing content as well? Absolutely. And uh, a lot of studies show that um, the followers will come often to your website if they know that, say, every Monday you publish a new post. And it doesn't have to be daily, weekly. It can be monthly. But that's a part of the habit-forming behavior. So if people know that you have something new and valuable on a specific day, they will come back to your website. Wonderful. Okay, well, you've offered a lot of great advice there, so, so thanks a lot. Uh, but let's segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses more on your thoughts on where digital marketing's been and where it's heading. So um, starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact the success of your business? 
I love tools. I can talk to you about different software packages and um, um, apps every all day, but uh, I'm going to... How about maybe three minutes? <laughs> right. I'm going to focus just on a few. And um, I would preface that with the fact that you need to make sure that the software you're using fits into your lifestyle. Some people are more phone people, some people are more digital. So I am a digital person. I read and consume a lot of content and I share it as well. So the tools I'm going to talk about today help me um, really scale down the time that I'm spending doing that. The first tool is Feedly. I cannot mm -hmm. live without it. It um, creates a very um, handy way for me to read news. And um, if I um, need to share it with people, I usually use Buffer or Hootsuite right. um, in order to schedule the um, posts at a specific time. So I'm not spamming everybody with the articles that I want to, so, I want so to share. Did you used to use Google Reader before Google Reader shut down? Absolutely. Right, okay, I but, use RSS feeds very heavily. Mm, and, but you're finding F Feedly just as good as G Google Reader used to be? I find it adequate because it um, allows me to scan all the headlines quickly. And if I want to read something in more detail, I'm saving it to Pocket, which is another app that mm. I use. Um, and then when I have time, and I usually spend about three to five hours a day reading, um, wow. I can just read the articles in more detail in Pocket. Okay, so great tips there. Um, and I guess it gives you um, a few ideas yourself to write content um, about. You can um, augment what someone else has written about or perhaps come up with a new story in relation to what they're writing about. Uh, absolutely. And also um, in my consulting career, I always thinking about how would this particular uh, trick or tip can work and impact my clients and what we can do with it. Or uh, sometimes specifically, for example, when Google um, did away with authorship, um, mm. a lot of different people commented on that and people who are close to Google. So it was um, interesting to understand how that would impact the website visibility. So it's, it gives you really broad scope on different topics and um, detailed information on all the changes, for example. So those are the three main apps that I use for social media. And then I have a couple more for specifically SEO. I use SEMrush for every time that I need to evaluate a website's visibility and it um, gives me very good overview of how the site uh, is positioned online. They're also very good paid tools like Moz or Search Metrics that also will allow you not only have the overview, but drill down into specifics as well. And of course, the last tool is Excel. I will not <laughs> be able to survive without it. And I love it so much that at one point, I actually learned how to program in Visual Basic. Um, I'm not that fancy anymore, but uh, I use it very heavily all the time. 
It's funny you mention SEM Rush actually because um, I'm doing a webinar for them on the 4th of November, Tuesday the 4th of November. So any listeners that um, happen to be hearing this um, on or before that date, um, head over to semrush.com, click on webinars and um, hopefully uh, join me as part of that. But let's move on to the next section which is... I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you were involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? I think that um, first thing that people need to understand who are doing marketing is that it's a team effort. You cannot do it alone. And um, I think it's important to connect with as many functional teams in your team or in your company as possible and explain why digital marketing is important for the company and what their role is in making it successful. And then also give credit to the teams when a campaign or like a website change made a visible impact to the company bottom line because it's so important for people to know that their work matters. So I think from the very beginning, I wish that I knew how to work with all the teams together and I'm much better at it right now. Yes, I mean, you can't... um be an expert at everything to begin with and you obviously learn your skills as you go along um, but um, that's a, a great um, comment there you know a great little um, thought um, but um, just moving on to um, another um, section which is the this or that round so this is the quick response round 10 quick questions try not to think about the answer too much I'm just looking for your gut reaction so ready to go yes email or twitter Email, but preferably both. Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display advertising? Display advertising. Facebook or Google Plus? Google Plus. Online press releases or one-on-one relations? One-on-one relations. Paid search or SEO? Oh my God. SEO. Email contact form or telephone number? Email. Website or app? App. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Social subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? Local marketing. There are a few challenges there, but we got there. (laughs) How did I do? (laughs) Oh, well, you you answered them all and you said um, an individual um, item, which is very, very good. If if people say both too much, I give them a bit of a... But you you didn't get one of them, so you did well. (laughs) Thank you. So moving on to... The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? I would probably spend 9,000 to hire an expert and give them 1,000 to make a splash but um, since you want me to spend it in just one thing (laughs) I think I would look at the business goals and I think people often forget that your marketing efforts really need to be aligned with the major business goals for example if you are going into a new market then I would definitely spend it on 
uh, probably PPC, to really drive the um, awareness of the brand to end the website. But if I'm trying to be more interactive with my customers, then I probably would spend it on social media. Okay. And if you were going to hire an expert on something, um, what activity would you want them to be an expert in? Whatever is making the biggest impact <laughs> on, the, on the business. It's really tricky. And I, I'm trying not to be evasive, but uh, you can't just have one solution, unfortunately, in this because um, you need to prioritize your efforts and sort of fi make them completely align with the business. And a lot of marketers feel overwhelmed because there's so much to do. You can do more every day, but you have to scale down and see what will drive your company success with the activities that you do. Okay. Uh, and in terms of establishing what is having the biggest impact in the business, I assume that you'd establish that within Google Analytics. To some extent, but I would start with business goals. For example, um, you will, if you want to increase brand recognition, start with this. Increase brand recognition. Then you set marketing goals. For example, improve online visibility to increase brand recognition. And then you define tactics and targets and what to measure. For example, the tactic would be something like, we want to optimize our website because it will make it easier for search engines to categorize our brand so that it is more visible in search results and relevant queries. Or you can say, we want to implement schemas on our website because it will make our links in search results stand out more so that we can get more traffic to optimized pages. So it has to be very specific in order for you to know what to do. And then that statement will dictate your KPIs and targets and uh, what to measure and what to track. Right. A lot to think about there. My number one takeaway. Well, Liana, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? I think that it's very important for any marketer to understand how they fit in the overall business goal. So once they do that, they would know what to do. And then pay attention to every single channel and um, work with the ones that make the most business impact. And don't forget Google Analytics or any other analytics that you're doing, but make sure that it actually shows actionable insights. When you track something, what do you do with this and how it impacts your business as well? Okay, and, and showing actionable insights by, um, I assume, making sure that you have goals and goal funnels set up and hopefully e-commerce tracking as well. Exactly. And also, what does it tell you? Your traffic increased 30%. So what? Start asking the why questions. Why did it increase? Did it matter to business? If you're doing business, for example, in the UK, but all your traffic increases from the US, well, then it's probably not that great. So why did it do it? And how can you utilize that and increase it in the right places? So just tracking metrics is not going to really help you. You need to understand why you're tracking this and what does it tell you. Great advice. So keep on asking why. Well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time, your focus and your willingness to give back. 
What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? I am uh, very active on Twitter, and it's uh, hashtag Liana, L-Y-E-N-A. And um, I'm on Google Plus as well. So um, connect with me and talk to me and ask me questions. I'll be happy to answer. Lovely. Well, thanks again, Liana. Thank you very much. Digital marketing.